Why are they so excited about one day off school? They they reminded me when she was like, oh, we could go to the park or we could do this, we could do that. That's what we're like now. Like, <laughs> when COVID's over, we can go <laughs> outside. Oh, my God, can you imagine? Oh, I'm so excited about one extra fucking day off. Like, they're willing to fight to the ends of the earth for this one day off, bearing around that they will get bank holidays and they will get teacher training days. And weekends. <laughs> I suppose it's the rite of passage thing as well, isn't it? That like it's senior skip day. It's because you are a senior, you get to stay off. Like that kind of shows that you're kind of, you know, you're at the top now. So I guess it, mm-hmm. I guess it's that kind of thing. It's it's a sentiment. It's a tradition behind it. Yeah, it's like it's like you know prom stuff like that. It's just something yeah, yeah. that happens when you're in your senior year. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So so this is um, yeah Sabrina's main thing really. She's so excited about this senior skip day. Uh, it fortunately isn't a competitive race for the elderly. Uh, it's it's rather just a day <laughs> where they're off school. <laughs> Uh, Sabrina, that would be no. nice senior skip day, or a day when you um, throw Granny out and the lorry comes in. Uh, you throw all the old people in. <laughs> oh, this she one gets, smells of piss. Get rid of her. Gets taken off to or get taken off to a landfill. Oh dear. <laughs> it's just uh, let's bring out your dad. That in it, Monty Python. Or just bring out your dad. It's also <laughs> <laughs> it's also COVID, but um. Bring out your dad. That's it. Just <laughs> a big communal skip. Everyone bring your dads outside. Come on. Up to. Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three pedantic provincial parish councillors review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And we also viciously timestamp when we record our episodes. Uh, My name is Phil Dean, I am your host, and you may say I am the Jackie Weaver of this group. Uh, Who are my uh, friends that are joining me on this uh, chaotic conference call that we turn into a podcast? First of all, it's Mr. Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. You have no authority here, Phil Dean. Are you sick of that yet? You sick of that yet? Uh, <laughs> oh, by the time this episode yeah. goes out, that moment will well and truly have passed. As, yeah, I'll, I'll get this chopped up. We're recording this uh, on Sunday, the seventh of February, so I'm going to get this out quick as, as soon as possible. I mean, even if it dies down, give it about seven months, and Jackie Weaver will be on Strictly Come Dancing, so uh, it's probably still relevant <laughs> to some degree. She will. Uh, um, how, how are you doing, mate? Anyway. I'm I'm doing okay. Um, just again, time stamping again. You know, just hoping that uh, the continually good uh, news with regards to uh, to vaccines and things like that mean that uh, normality is just around the corner. Um, but yeah, for right now, uh, just still sort of bored, more bored than anxious. Now we're at that stage, yeah. I think now, which is a good thing. Um, my other guest that's joining the both of us on this uh, council meeting is Mr. Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. Graham stole my joke, so um, hi. Well, it was it's kind of like the only joke. Um, I can't remember any other quotes other than... <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 we is objectively the funniest bit. It just doesn't really work as a joke in any other context. No. Uh, but uh, yeah, how are you doing, pal? Uh, as Graham said, more, more bored than anything else, I think, right now. Yeah. International um, listeners who have heard this... Uh, parish council clip because it did go internationally viral um and i'm wondering is that what britain's like yes yes dear god yes i think the reason it went viral in the first place is it went viral within britain because that is just that is just britain it's just a load of middle-aged people at least one of which is called alan bickering (laughs) over nothing that that is uh that is britain that's it, you know. You know, there's this thing, there's things that we're we're not proud of that this, um, you know, this country produces. Uh, but one thing that we are proud, of, the export that we are perhaps most famous for, is bickering. And I think that we, you know, we we that's an expert display of uh, classic British bickering. Britain mm. is a country where everybody is at least fifty and hates each other. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel fifty, and I do dislike a lot of people. Yeah, I, I do feel 50 and I hate almost everyone. We're all waiting till we're 50, so it's socially acceptable for us to hate everybody. At the moment, we get told that we have no respect. 
Uh, we're still, even though we're we're thirty year olds, we're we're still at that kind of stage. But once you reach fifty, it's just okay to be openly hostile to everybody, and I can't wait. Mm. Well, I mean, one thing we can be potentially hostile towards is uh, this episode that we are reviewing. It is uh, episode eighteen of season four of *Speed and the Teenage Witch*, and it's called *Dreamer the Mouse*. In this episode, uh, well, Dreamer gets turned into a mouse because. Uh, Sabrina has some uh, staying very close to home she suffers some sort of virus which makes her go a little mad and distracted and uh, yeah Dream ends up performing a little bit of magic in front of Brad and therefore turns into a mouse and it's a race against time to uh, to cure her to turn her back to normal um, so uh, boys I know at the end of our last episode we said um, you know not to give the scores away too early but we did say if, if one thing in particular happened in this episode it was going to get an instant zero for creativity despite that what did you think of this episode um well more on the zero for creativity later of course but um yeah I thought um it was it, yeah, it was it was pretty enjoyable um, I laughed a fair few times um, it was good to see the gang was all here it was an ensemble piece mm-hmm. uh, for the first time in a fair old while um yeah yeah I'd, I'd, I'd had plenty to recommend I'd say yeah I, I that was definitely one thing I did like you know fair enough some performances some appearances were very brief but just having the likes of Mr. Kraft especially in this episode you know he's, he's been gone for so long it was just nice to see his face for a bit I think um, um I think you saw like the economics of the show as well, because uh, all the all the regular cast were there, no guest stars. That's it, yeah. De- def- I, I think I definitely know without knowing that China Shavers and um, John Huertas and Martin Moore are all paid episode by episode, mm. and when they're not there, that money goes on a guest star, and only the Spellmans are actually signed on for the season. I am positive about that now. Yeah, especially seeing it, as we know, at the end of this season, so in um, four episodes' time, it moves networks, so maybe, maybe there was yes. some sort of budgetary reasons. We'll uh, we'll, we'll find out the, the history of this, uh, uh, you know, as we progress into our next season. Um, uh, Chris, yeah, what, what did you think of this episode? Was it, um, you know, the, the last few, I think, have been uh, quite enjoyable. Some of them, obviously, the Dick Van Dyke episode was very charming. Um, do you think it, this stays on the same sort of level, just for just nice, simple enjoyment of a, of a family sitcom? I didn't laugh once, mate. Oh. Yeah, didn't laugh once, and uh, I got really annoyed, actually, because um, oh. I, I feel like they missed a trick. Uh, the title of the episode, they, they they called it Dreamer the Mouse, when it should have the title of the episode should have been Daydreamer. Yeah, I got annoyed about that. Oh, well, I mean, that's that's kind of like your fault, really, for you thinking of something that could be better. So you've kind of just well, got... Well, hang you, on you, a minute. How is, is that my fault for being, for being more creative than than uh, an entire room of writers? Maybe, I don't know, maybe the episode should have been called Something Unsqueakable Has Happened. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's good. But the things you got you got to remember, guys, is each episode, as as the trivia does like to tell us, is usually named after something else. Um, you know, like that the names have always been taken from. You know, like Loving Bloom obviously was 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 at, like that, and Welcome Back Duke was named after uh, another sort of sitcom from and the seventies. So, what do you think? Two separate episodes named after Robert Redford films, which completely flew over our heads. Uh, quiz show yeah. and uh, River of Candy Corn runs through it. Yeah, and so so, what do you think this episode um, uh, is named after? What what what's uh, what's your ideas? What Dreamer the Mouse? Dreamer the Mouse, yeah. Is it named after Dreamer, the character in Sabrina, and the mouse, the animal that she turns into in this episode? That would stand to reason. Let's have a look. Um, yeah, that was a film from 1976. Uh, so, oh, was yeah, it? There we go. Yeah. How about that? Um, but yeah, no, I yeah, I thought this was this was uh, all right. I think I'm more on in in Graham's camp for this one. I think this was just a just a, a regular episode. I, I didn't mind it too much, apart from. Um, one of the points that we um, assumed it was kind of it was kind of given away. Um, uh, one of our um, sort of listeners got in touch on on Twitter, and as soon as they listened to that episode, said, "Well, that's a zero for creativity for next week." So, um, yeah, we were already expecting uh, the the awfulness that was uh, that was uh, going to be I've, welcome I've, I've, us I've, in this episode. I have, I have a theory on that, though. Go on. That you probably subconsciously remembered it from childhood. Subconsciously, I, um, potentially, but it's also a very, very easy gag. Just yeah, the jeans. I did, I you just did, think I did how think how simple is this going to be? Jeans. I yeah. did. I jeans. Think it... Oh, we need to remove a jean. Oh, why don't we just 
Why not a pair of jeans? Again, it comes down to we're more intelligent than a room full of writers. <laughs> I did think it was an easy gag. I didn't think it was a good gag either, by the way. No, no, no. <laughs> but, yeah, um, let's let's, yeah, let's I, get that straight. I, I, th- I thought. Could, could, wait, wait. I feel I feel bad calling it a gag. I feel like calling that a gag belittles other gags. If you put a tiny pair of jeans in somebody's mouth, that would be a gag. So, um. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the episode opens on Sabrina's bedroom where Dreamer is struggling to turn herself into something and work on that witch's license in that story arc we've totally forgotten about. Um, Sabrina, very much like us, has no interest in this at all and keeps getting distracted with vivid daydreams. She suggests Dreamer turn herself into a pomegranate and instead she turns into a Pomeranian. Mm. Woof. Um, well, so, I feel yeah. like I'm, I'm, I need to remember something about pomegranates. Doesn't doesn't Hilda get addicted to pomegranates or doesn't it cause like bat breath or something? She does get bat breath in that really horrible scene where she opens her mouth and there's just, just like an animated bat's face sticking out of it. I think that, I'm pretty sure that was off from pomegranates. Yeah, I think that's a, oh. yeah, about season two, I think, something like that. Maybe. Yeah, there you go. There, there, there's your link. I'm done for the next five minutes. <laughs> there we go. Um, but yeah, again, it's, it's it's one of those things. It's you know we've gone episodes without it. I think it was established in episode two or three of the season that um, you know Dreamer was going to be um, mentored by Sabrina. And I, I, you know, we've come to the point of this season where nothing's really flowed as, as smoothly as, as we thought it would be. But I was expecting a very similar relationship. Uh, you know, Sabrina and the Quizmaster had. Uh, but no, it's kind of like just whenever they feel like it, we're, we're reminded, um, you know, of of this little relationship that they've got going on. Because after all, that's the only reason they are friends. I mean, I guess obviously that they're very similar and they do like each other, but they're kind of thrown together because of this whole witch's license. And I fear with four episodes left to go, nothing's going to come of it or it will just be wrapped up in a single episode. I or, or it will be just, I've got my witch's license. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think she'll just pop up one day. Hey, good news, I got my witch's license. She'll be, hey, way to go. Then there'll just be a gag where she's still shit at magic. <laughs> so you know she's always still going to be the kind of, like, you know, fuck up. Um, but, yeah, I think what it comes down to, though, she appears so rarely and she's so often just a um, jumping off point for somebody else, mm. just somebody for Sabrina to talk to or occasionally somebody for Harvey to talk to. Um that her intended purpose just isn't explored enough. She rarely appears anyway, mm. which is a big problem. She's probably only in about half the episodes of the season. And when she does, she's used so sparingly and so incidentally that this has never really been gone into. And of course, the same with Brad, although mm. this episode is an exception. Yeah, and, and I think it's a shame to not have Dreamer featured in it an awful lot because... In terms of Sabrina's growth and or her progression, you might say, um, I would have liked to have seen this mature, this more mature side to Sabrina. I know she's still eighteen, you know she's still, um, you know, um, young, but you know I think just showing us that this these three seasons we've had previously of her fucking up and learning the hard way lessons, it would have been nice just to see her this more mature side where. Okay, yeah, she is getting to become a more responsible adult and responsible witch. Um, but you know, sadly, that's that's nothing that we've yet to see, and I doubt we will see it within you know before this uh, season comes to an end. Well, yeah, because she's meant to be going off to college, isn't she next season? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So she needs to be uh, more mature, surely. Yeah. So yeah, it would have made it would have made logical sense that the that the show writers would have done that, but. Alas, they have not. No, and obviously one thing that uh, they didn't uh, carry forward was uh, the the title sweep sequence. As um, yeah, at, at the start of every episode in this season, we we dwell on the past, those uh, mirror gags of old uh, that we do miss so much. So uh, we've decided to write our very own, uh, loosely based on a costume and a joke to do with what's happened in the episode. Uh, this time it's Chris's go. So Chris, tell us, please, what is your mirror gag? Okay, so um, just actually. What's what's that kid's name? Like it's it's not it's Tom Thumb or something. The one that jumps over the candlestick. Jack be nimble. Jack be quick. Jack, Jack be nimble. That's, yeah. Jack be nimble. That one. Thank you. Mirror get mirror mirror costume change costume change costume change and then the last one is Sabrina dressed like Jack be nimble. Jack be quick because how, he's how did he dress? In a nighty with a with a hat. That's that that that's uh, that's we really winky. 
Yeah, that's... Wee Willy Winky! <laughs> oh, thank you. So she's dressed like Wee Willy Winky, with with a pillow. She's holding a pillow. And um, she turns to the camera, head on pillow, and then goes, dream a little dream of me. And that's it. Um, Not to be that guy, but the episode where Dreamer is introduced is called Dream a Little Dream of Me. Ah, shit. Fuck you. It was probably also the last episode Dreamer was in. Um, so it was, yeah. it was a ni- nice callback. Never, yeah. <laughs> Never mind, that was our take on the title sequence. So, nice. Uh, this, joke, this joke's never going to get old, I'm sure I can... I can see, I, squeak I another one flirt- in before, before the end. I mean, come on, I've given fucking gold on some of these. I'm allowed... Come on, give me, give yeah, me a that, No, that, that's here, fine. You know? you, you've delivered far more gold than we have, so yeah, we can let you off with shoveling a bit of shit our way, so that's uh, that's fine, Chris. Thank, thank you very much. We'll let you off. Um, so we're downstairs in the kitchen where Zelda finally finishes reading about everything there is to do with medicine, as she wants to now heal the world. Uh, other realm medicine. Other realm medicine, but she still wants to, I guess, apply it to, to the to the... Uh, rest of the world um, but Hilda meanwhile is mithering her to borrow her red sweater Zelda swaps the jumper for one of Hilda's lungs to study which she eventually returns along with a, a plastic slide um, you know the, the thing that they, they put under microscopes uh, I don't know about you guys as well I was very under the impression that we were going to see some sort of like um, superimposed lung fly through the air and go through a, a mouth or something like that, that that's a sort of things that we used to on this show so far yeah they did they did stay away from that they didn't stay away entirely from body horror during this whole uh, subplot i did like the sudden the sudden cut to hilda being like can i please have my lung back i need to go upstairs yeah and that that, that sets it up for uh, obviously zelda's involved a bit more in the in the in the main story but to hilda especially she's kind of like a guinea pig while um uh, Zelda's doing a lot of uh, f- furthering her studies and education, so she gives her a lung, and she she's uh, she reaches round in her head a little bit later on, which is probably what you're referring to. <laughs> it was good to see. It wasn't good to see that, but it was good to see Zelda being Zelda, which I feel like has not happened in a while. Like she really wants to help people, but she's also not very good with people, so she's actually kind of hurting the people in her life in order to help the wider world. I think that's something that should be explored more. I feel like it was in previous seasons. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's it's not necessarily the the thing to solely associate with Zelda that she is this smart academic because you know Zelda does just as well in this show being a bit of a goof. You know, you know, like I said not not being very good with people, um, but it, it's kind of a side or two I have missed, particularly with the laptop. You know, that used to play a, quite a prominent role. Um, you know, seasons two and three, and it's it's something like that we we've not seen much in this season, so I have missed it. So it, it was very very good to, as you say, see uh, Zelda being very much Zelda. Um, so back at school, and Sabrina can't stop thinking about Senior Skip Day, uh, which is the thing that she was daydreaming about um, at the start of the episode. Um, a day, apparently, where they can uh, they can play hooky, can't they? And, uh, you know, this, it's a kind of just a day off, or an inset day, is probably guess what we said. One day! That's all it is, isn't it? It's just a day where they're not in. No, it's not even a day when they're not in. It's a day that they all skip school. They all play truant. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those unofficial official days why are they so excited about one day off school they they reminded me when she was like oh we could go to the park or we could do this we could do that that's what we're like now like <laughs> when COVID's over we can go outside oh my god can you imagine oh i'm so excited about one extra fucking day off like they're willing to fight to the ends of the earth for this one day off bearing around that they will get bank holidays and they will get teacher training days and weekends. <laughs> I suppose it's the rite of passage thing as well, isn't it? That, like, it's senior skip day. It's because you are a senior, you get to stay off. Like, that kind of shows that you're kind of, you know, you're at the top now. So I guess it, mm. I guess it's that kind of thing. It's it's a sentiment. It's a tradition behind it. Yeah, it's like, it's like you know, prom, stuff like that. It's just something yeah, yeah. that happens when you're in your senior year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, so this is, um, yeah, Sabrina's main thing really she's so excited about this senior skip day uh it fortunately isn't a competitive race for the elderly uh it's it's rather just a day where they're <laughs> off school uh sabrina that would be no. nice senior skip day or a day when you um throw granny out and a lorry comes in uh, you throw all the old people in <laughs> <laughs> oh this she one gets, smells of piss get rid of her gets taken off to or get taken off to a landfill oh dear <laughs> It's just, uh, let's bring out your dad, that, innit? Monty Python. Or just bring out your dad. It's also... 
<laughs> it's also COVID. Bring out your dad. That's it. Just <laughs> to a big communal skit. Everyone bring your dads outside. Come on. Up to. Um, Sabrina has yet another vivid daydream about her and Harvey having a picnic. But yeah, so so it turns out that Brad can see these vivid daydreams as well because uh, I guess he's close proximity and... Oh, oh, yeah, it's probably because he's a witch hunter as well. Oh, is he? Yeah, apparently so. Oh, uh, wow. I mean, just in case you were not aware, as, as we certainly weren't, uh, Sabrina also reminds Dreamer um, about uh, the whole witch hunter thing, you know, because Dreamer's not been asked about it. And the, uh, so she reminds Dreamer... because she hasn't been around. Exactly, she's gone. So Sabrina reminds Dreamer and the audience about the witch hunter story arc that was established many moons ago. And for the first time in a long while, she's actually concerned about it. Again, though, it's kind of like, oh, Brad's a witch hunter. It's like, oh, yeah, Brad, that guy who's here occasionally. Again... The fact that he appears so rarely means that his main reason for being there isn't delved into much because there's not even much opportunity to do it. They don't take over the opportunity they have of all his appearances. And his appearances are so fleeting anyway that that leaves you with barely any time to actually mm. explore the main yeah. character point and the main role he theoretically is supposed to play in the show. Meanwhile, we head back home where Zelda has her fist inside Hilda's head. Oh. Um, and you know, and, and, and a, fa- a face is stretching out like it's proper getting reached oh. around and that's um, it's not it's not pleasant. O- organ horror, I guess, maybe. Organ horror, two things. One, a plus point. There was no squelching sound effects dubbed in. Mm-hmm. That's true. Negative point. She didn't say, Hilda, can I pick your brains for a second? Hmm. Most obvious gag ever. And oh. uh, yeah, that would have been that would have been a great line. Let me pick your brains. Um yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't say great. I would just say obvious. I would just say it was there. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't You're, take it. It we're, was right there. We're, we're, we're modest yeah, it comedians. Was right there. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a shame. Yeah, again, this is just another thing that Hilda's getting involved in. I think she wants to borrow a necklace, does she? So she's um that's why she's reaching around in her in her head a little bit. Um, Serena tells her aunt about her problems, and alongside a temperature, vivid daydreams, and the fact she's easily distracted, Zelda comes to the conclusion that she has spring fever. So the illness itself is prominent in young witches who are particularly looking forward to something, and she will be cured as soon as the event she is looking forward to has been experienced, which is this uh, this amazing senior skip day. Hang on, you know what isn't explored? Why she's looking forward to it so much. What I mean to say is, is she doesn't have any plans for the day. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> but why is she looking forward to it? She hasn't got any plans for the day. Well, no, yeah, I get it. But but if you if you know senior skip day is happening, you're really looking forward to it. It's usually because there's a plan. She's really looking forward to senior skip day, so she could potentially do something. That's that's where it doesn't hold up for me. I th- I th- well, I, th- I think they're sort of discussing. Like her and Harvey have a few discussions about what they could do with the day. The day if... before. Good good luck getting some tickets to the movie theatre. Sold out, innit? We're near nearing seniors, what can we just be just adult skip day? No, semi senior skip day. Uh well, actually, on that note, it's half term next week, so I could have a duvet day next week. Have a duvet week. week? I'm not having a duvet week. Not a chance. I'd feel awful. You know, Brian Wilson once spent a year in bed? And that was in the 60s. He didn't have Netflix or nothing. Flipping heck. So, so did Charlie Bucket's family. They spent all their lives... Not all not all their lives in bed, but their senior years in bed. 20 years Flipping. Grandpa Joe spent in bed. Well, uh, and we all know that that senior does skip. <laughs> oh, he certainly <laughs> does, doesn't he? He gets down. <laughs> it's down. That he does. Um. He... <laughs> He gets down with the sickness anyway. He does. He gets down with the skipness. Uh, So, yes, Sabrina is ushered off to school, and Hilda and Zelda warn Sabrina not to touch other witches as they'll contract coronavirus. So, they'll uh, contract spring fever. In the canteen, and Harvey is telling Sabrina about his coach pushing him to take steroids, whilst the rest yes. of us are being pushed to take advice <laughs> from another from another new school poster. Um, yes, steroids very much real in uh, Westbridge. We we're, 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 that that's a nice bit of uh, story arc. <laughs> that it came out of nowhere and is probably a really big problem in American schools, but again, because it's high, just mentioned because high school sports are taken very seriously. Mm. Hasn't there been some discussion before about the coach being very like indifferent about like concussions yeah, or something? Yeah. I feel like 
Harvey's football coach being extremely irresponsible is a running thing. Yeah, so, very uh, much so. Yeah, because yeah, because he was something about downplaying concussions or. But it was just nice, just just so casually. Uh, he was telling me I should take steroids, but uh, don't you know steroids make you ill or something? He says, or um, are, are they illegal or something? Don't they kill? I'm sure he said. Don't oh, they don't kill they kill you? you? They very they very it, much it, do. It was, it was it was that it was that bleak. <laughs> That's yeah. it. I I. I, I, I think this uh, requires a bit of investigation. Um, American listeners, the, I know there's some of you out there, um, do coaches push their players into doing those ridiculous things in your in your school system? Just wondering. And as well, obviously, during this, I, I, did, I did laugh, uh, but I also kept my eyes peeled. I noticed there was a brand new school poster, chaps. Did you, did you notice what it said? I didn't see what it I said. I saw it, but I didn't it pause it. It was very bright, lots of big writing on it. Um, the best time to study is between yesterday and tomorrow. It's telling you about those those damn students saying it's today. You need to do it today. Um, but of course, as all teenagers do, it's just we just pass it off to tomorrow, don't we? That's fine. So anyway, a nice little uh, welcoming thing. It's not in the form of a poster, but it's in the form of a reoccurring character. It's Mr. Craft. Mr. Crafty returns uh, in all his uh, glory and his miserableness uh, because he's about to come in and just burst everyone's bubble. He informs all the students that Senior Skip Day, yes, that day that all our grandparents look out for, uh, is cancelled. And all of their cries and boos, he says, are music to his ears. What a bastard. Uh, and yeah, so Mr. Craft just being, you know, a panto villain, he just kind of just loves all their all their boos and their cries. That's a, that's a very good description of his of his role. Like, he is... Yeah, he, he is at his best, I think, when he's a panto villain. He has a moustache. I'm disappointed he's never twirled it. But he's good when he's just being just comically sort of dastardly, just being just being the fun police, just being the yeah, the kind of crusty old Dean type figure in a college film, but in but the high school version, like the yeah, the crusty old principal. Yeah, because he says like, you know, all the principals have kind of just let it slide because it's kind of a tradition thing, but he wants his legacy to be that he's scuppered it he's, he's got rid of it that, that's what he wants to be remembered by he wants to be remembered as that hard ass principal that everyone hated because at least then people will remember who he was uh, that, you know, I think that's I think he's the probably the character that gets the most like well him and Salem I think are the characters that get the most like character consistent dialogue like I've always feel with Sabrina, with Harvey, with Hilda and Zelda, and definitely with um, Dreamer and uh, Brad, as we've discussed, um, that they're very often behaving in ways that aren't re- don't really speak to consistencies to their character. Mm. But I think across the seasons and across the different writers, they all usually get Kraft and Salem just right. Yeah, and and with Kraft, they do dabble in you know a, a, a other bits of him, like um, you know how how gooey he is with Zelda and how genuinely he does really care for Zelda and and, and with Salem too you know he, he sees more sensitive side and his obviously his his history and things you know they're, they're very well rounded enjoyable yeah. characters so it's nice that you know if, if you if you the you know they don't need to worry about you getting too sick of oh this is, is the villain he's just you know come to stir stuff up because you know you do occasionally see these other sides to them and, and both Mr. Craft and Salem have had so much um, exploring them for, for all their seasons, so uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's always funny just to see Mister Craft, just this horrible, horrible uh, panto villain. So Sabrina, panicked because she can't be cured, pleads with Mister Craft about reinstating it in the form of yet another vivid daydream. This time, more of a Confederate esque send off or, or a walk of shame where she. It's a actually a, a Union send off. Sorry, they're, in the, blue, they're Sorry. in the blue uniforms. Thank God they did not invoke. Um, the uh, slave-supporting side of the Civil War for once! <laughs> so, at home, however, Zelda is trying to create a vaccine for spring fever, and Salem is placed into a glass dome to protect him from contra- uh, contracting it a second time. So he's had spring fever before, has Salem. Uh, and he says when he did have it, um, it involved... Um, it, it, it led to France actually winning a war. And there's laughter, there's like, oh, France. However... I did a little bit of Googling for fuck's sake, Graham. I don't know if you're aware of this. Um, but apparently, according to that old Google, uh, the French have participated in and won more wars than any other country in the world. Rudyard Kipling, not always the best person to quote on uh, on matters, but um, in this case, he once said, uh, the, fre- the business of the French is war, and they always do business. And he was absolutely right. I'd imagine somebody listening in a country in, I don't know, Africa or Southeast Asia would be like, 
Now, France wins a lot of wars, and don't we bloody know it? Because we had to live under their colonial rule for uh, a century as a result. So, yeah, very Eurocentric uh, kind of ignorant uh, view of, uh, of um, the French. And I think only really thinking about World Wars One and Two, which are the only wars that most people know. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, at, le- at least they're staring away from the fact, at least didn't say it was, you know, uh, it was the only war where those smelly French won, you know, that the, the we've heard so much about. That's true, yes. So, at least... One of the nicest they've been about French <laughs> <Yeah>. people. <laughs> Mocking them for their inability to kill people. Uh, well, there we go. Yeah, which we know they do possess a great ability to oh, kill absolutely, people. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh... um, so Harvey tells Sabrina that principals have to say on record that Senior Skip Day is cancelled, you know, so it can still uh, go ahead. So Sabrina has a spring and a fever in her step. Dreamer pops over to ask where Sabrina's part of their history project is and daydreams yet again, uh, this time with just a, a homework elf. Um yeah, he was he was he was rather rather unnecessary, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the guy himself is lovely and he's he's got an adoring family. But in terms of grand scheme, I, of I, things, I, I don't mean I don't mean the existence of the actor is unnecessary. Oh, well, I there we the go. Existence of his role. I think I think the effort to researching him would have been unnecessary on our part as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I did not Google this. Oh, sorry, but, but I thought, oh, have we got a, ourselves a guest star? Because I do like googling the guest mm-hmm. stars. I do like to feel useful. It doesn't happen very often. Um... So I was kind of disappointed with like a guest stars this week and the lack of uh, googling for fuck's sake I had to do. Yeah, well I've actually have have his page up. Uh, it's Steve Hoffendahl. Ho- Steve yeah. Hoffendahl. Hoffendahl. Yeah, Hoffendahl. I don't know what time he was born, but he was born on se- September first, nineteen fifty-six, in San Jose. Um, he oh, to what he was in Seinfeld. Was he? So was Nick McKay, of course. Yeah, uh, in Seinfeld he played Man. Man. He's played Thug. He's played um, someone could Willie. <laughs> uh, I could imagine. I could imagine playing a Thug. Had very gentle face. Yeah, I mean, just before his appearance in Sabrina, he played uh, a character called Another Reporter. So he wasn't even just the main reporter. He was just, just another mm. one. Client Two, Pops the Crab is a film that's in post-production. Got a film called Requiem for a Crab. Um, I'm definitely intrigued about watching that. <laughs> so. Uh, um, yeah, so she's daydreaming yet again, um, and... Why are all her daydreams, like, Victorian? They're very, very strange, because, like, it happens a couple of why, times... Why, why, why do they all look like... They all look like scenes from Picnic at Hanging Rock. It's very weird. I, I have a theory about this. I think they were just... They put everything together. They were like, oh, we need to do daydreaming. What have we got? Oh, we've not, nothing will work. And then they found that outfit that she wore at uh, the end of season one. Yes! The season one outfit. Yes, it's the same outfit. It's the same outfit. Isn't it like when she's running through the meadow with Roland? With, with Roland and Harvey. Yeah, the fro- I think it's the frolicking princess outfit, yeah. Yes, I, I, yeah, I thought it was the same outfit. When she's on the swing in the dining mm-hmm. room, it's def- definitely like, I've seen her wear that yeah. before. Spring fever, does everyone have the same kind of daydream? Are they all Victorian? <laughs> like are they... When people got spring fever in Victorian times, what time did they dream of? The present day? Or did they go back 100 years? Oh, mm. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> that's, that's a good shout, yeah. Dreamer tries to snap her out of this daydream to, you know, crack on, basically, because, you know, they've, they've got work to do. In an effort to make Dreamer less uptight, uh, Sabrina gives her the spring fever too. She just tugs on her ear, uh, which alongside Kraft's affirmed declaration about senior day, uh, senior skip day being 100% cancelled. Uh, Sabrina then realises that they're both um, in the shitter. And one thing I was a bit confused about, because obviously she says she's going to be cured from spring fever by um, experiencing this day. But if the day's been cancelled, it therefore doesn't exist. So she should get over her illness. Should she? No, I think she would then permanently have it because it never came. Oh, of course, yeah. She's yeah. She's not like she. She's not like she can have it next year because it's it only happens once. No, no. You're only a, you're, you're only a, your senior year is a year. The only way, and this this, this could possibly in a a more um, episodic narrative driven show be an issue. Although to be honest, it would be tedious and stupid. But the only way for her to experience senior skip day would be for her to fail the year so she's a senior again next year they mentioned a kid possibly not too much of a kid anymore who was a senior last year because he funked so Mm. he's there again so she'd have to do that in order to experience senior skip day and cure herself so yeah so they uh, both sabrina and dreamer now have a spring fever and with no senior skip day to go to they are pretty much uh well very very much screwed uh, Sabrina goes to call her aunt, 
Um, she does have to shout because Hilda is now missing an ear. Luckily, we don't see it on the tray that Zelda's carrying. I don't think so, anyway. Um, but yeah, so uh, so Zelda picks up the phone to try and deal with it. I tell you what, though, we don't see the ear and we don't see the lung. I don't think it was we'll spare the kids to body horror because we know they don't spare the kids to body horror. I think it was the budget doesn't um, extend to prosthetic ear and lung. I think that was the only reason we got spared. So it. the body horror is treated as a guest star. Yes, I think we would <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I think we would have seen an ear twitching on the plate trying to <laughs> listen. I think that's what we would have got. Yeah, they are that committed to haunting imagery. I think that's what we would have got. Um, yes. Yeah, so Zelda vows that she's going to get Senior Skip Day back for them, which she does instantly, considering that she's sleeping with the principal. Uh, in the joyous moment, Sabrina loses a daydreaming dreamer who is in a corridor making a new water fountain appear out of thin air. Brad, who still not embracing his full witch hunter culture by only merely suggesting that she might be a witch. But apparently it's still enough to turn her into a mouse. They're not witch hunters. They're like witch, su- witch suggest- suggesters. Yeah, like which a witch hunter would actively hunt witches. A witch hunter would be like the guys who actually were witch finders, like Matthew Hopkins in the old in the olden times. They're more witch yeah witch notices. They're like witch attuned. They've got witch dar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but they, they they they're like you might be a witch. Like just like you might be gay or something. You know, it's like it's 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 not saying it's the same thing, obviously. Um but yeah, it yeah, it's yeah, they're not witch hunters because that suggests an active role in, like, um, you know, rooting out these people. And it's not that at all. It's kind of like a sixth sense that he doesn't fully appreciate or really know how to use. So he's not no, a witch he's, hunter. He's no more effective than a pamphlet just of, of just, you might be a yeah. witch if you have these signs or, you know, it's so. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like I said, he's, he's not even. I thought we were going to get, you're a witch. You're very similar to like what the pilgrims were like a few episodes back. But no, he just says, Dreamy, you're, you're, you're crazy. Sometimes it's as if I think you're a witch and that's it. And she turns into a mouse. So it's, we don't even get Brad trying to be a witch hunter or at least just giving him a shot of ac- accusing her properly. It's such a waste. Such very a waste. Very disappointing. Yeah, I'm very. I'm almost glad Chris is on a call at the moment. Otherwise, yeah, he'd, he'd be screaming and shouting about this. Um, so Sabrina brings Dream of the Mouse home, and Zelda says that through her studies, she's learnt that if a witch hunter's witch hunter gene is removed within one hour of a transformation, Dreamer can return back to normal. How bloody convenient! Uh, so with the clock ticking, she urges her to bring Brad round ASAP. Uh, she finds Brad in the coffee shop. Um, oh, which is called what, Chris? Um, what, 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 what would Chris say? Um, the Bean New Deal. The so uh, Chris, she's a fucking idiot. Uh, she urges Brad <laughs> to come round, but naturally he tells her to scram. So she tries to enlist Harvey to help. Uh, she says, "Like uh, Harvey, do this for me. Don't ask any questions. Just do it for me because you love me." And she walks off, and she he just goes, "Women." So that's very funny. Uh, just Harvey delivery there. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, Brad has a a women type line as well, doesn't he? <laughs> like he said, like basically, like stay away from me, woman. Or yeah, stay like, with you know, yeah, that's it. Stay away from me, woman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wonder if we should be offended by as men. Yeah, men. We should be offended by how much stereotypical bros um, Harvey and Brad are as the only full-time male characters in the show with little Mr. Kraft who's hardly an aspirational figure but it's always very funny um, with 15 minutes left to go before Dreamer is a mouse forever um, a distracted, we've got a distracted Sabrina a woozy Hilda who's drugged up up, you know, up to the eyeballs uh, and an anxious Zelda are awaiting Brad's hopeful arrival he eventually rocks up again with the, uh, the promises of um, a big TV and all the channels all the sports channels Hilda is drugged up because Zelda made her allergic to oxygen and gave her an antihistamine. She keeps passing out. She's saying, "Can someone hold my eyelids open?" She's like, "I'll do the surgery." But yeah, she's um, yeah, she's far too wrecked. Um, but yeah, uh, Brad eventually rocks up and they shove some knockout gum into his mouth and they get him on a gurney. Uh, with ten minutes remaining, Zelda is just about to apply some some of those rubber sticky hooks. You know that you just put things on a window, you breathe on them. Um, she's about to apply them to his forehead, uh, but is interrupted when Mr. Bloody Craft rocks up. 
Zelda dismisses her surgeon's outfit by saying she's doing an ER cosplay, which I thought was uh, was funny. It's very, it's very of the time, of course. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean is this the Clooney era or possibly the immediate post-Clooney era of ER? I think he might have just left. I think he'd kind of really made the, the transition to, to film by that point. George Clooney was in it 94 to 2009. I mean, I think that's when it finished, though, so he's probably... If, I reckon, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's some, like, you know, guest appearances. Yeah, so, yeah, but he was he was very much in. His regular run, I think, ended in the late 90s or maybe 2000. Yeah, his yeah his main run uh, ended, yeah, like, 99. Yeah, so, yeah, recently yeah. departed. Uh, not not from this mortal coil, just from, from the show. <laughs> Unless you are listening, and he is dead, in which case, recently departed. <laughs> The, the the late George Clooney. The late George uh, we'll, Clooney. We'll, we'll, we'll cover all our, we'll cover all our bases. R.I.P. I I really loved him in Ocean Seventeen. I don't know about you. I loved him um, just in all those uh, coffee adverts. You know, just he was just this decrepit old man. Um, coffee's not good for him, and you know, and then he you know, <laughs> it was all that free Nescafe, you bastards, giving him all that free coffee. You knew his heart couldn't take it. Oh. So, uh, yeah, so Mr. Craft has come round really just to complain about Zelda persuading him to reinstate Senior Skip Day. She just said, bring it back. And he said, OK, you know, because obviously it's very, very gooey for her. Um, but, yeah, he says he want, he wanted to scrap Senior Skip Day, as I said, for his legacy. He wants, he wants to be known for being this horrible, mean, old, uh, cranky principal. Uh, in an attempt to get rid of him, Sabrina eventually caves in and says that saving Dreamer is far more important than her functioning normally. And, and I guess, you know, I was looking for some maturity from Sabrina, but I guess this this is it. It's more important to save this girl that she barely knows. Um, it's more important to bring her back to life, bring you know, as, as, a, as a human, uh, rather than her becoming normal. So she just... She just accepts it, and I, and I think that's a very, very big step forward for Sabrina. She's kind of under the influence of an illness, but she still has managed to make the right decision, which was a very big ask. A nice a nice bit of progression, I think, for Sabrina that uh, that does give her. I agree, but as we were discussing earlier, um, if there was more of an established relationship between Sabrina and Dreamer, it would have meant more. I, I mean, I think it still works in a way that if you looked at it as a girl she barely knows and she's sacrificing herself for But her. she doesn't but barely know if... her. That's just it. We barely see her, but she is her only friend apart from Harvey. <laughs> and you are to infer that they spend every day in school together, except we never see Dreamer. And when we do, she serves, you know, like, we don't learn anything about her most of the time. Like, she is just the friend. Even more than, you know, like, she has the least defined. Even though she has the most... Um, unusual circumstances. She's the most part of the witching world, obviously, of any of Sabrina's best friends. She's the least fleshed out as a character compared with Valerie and Jenny. You know, it's... Yeah. Um, so just as Zelda um, begins to shoo Willard away, she's struck by lightning from the storm that she cooked up earlier. and Good effect! A very, very good effect. She's smoking, her hair's mad, she passes out for a little bit, but uh, yeah, she gets... As she's being struck, good effect. And very good... I have been struck by lightning acting from uh, Beth Roderick <laughs> yeah. as well. Good good arm arm failing. Yeah. Uh, like head head thrown back, like going everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and so Mr. Craft says as well, because he's he's petrified of the storm. He says, I picked the wrong day to wear my steel capped shoes. So oh, insinuating well. that he's yeah, he's gonna get his feet electrocuted. But uh yeah, it, she gets struck by lightning, it's great. We've seen lightning strikes uh, previously, but only just through an electrocuted puppet sense. So yeah, no, this um, was this was this was um, this was Palpatine. Yeah, it's <laughs> very much Palpatine. I'm quite surprised that they actually did just electrocute her, you know, for that good effect. Um, you know, the Zelda yeah. project really sort of commits to the uh, to the to the role here. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she gets struck by lightning, and she says that she can't um, operate on Brad anymore because she is uh, basically a she's full of electricity she will kill the boy um so that's that's a shame um so if she touches brad she's going to electrocute him but uh somebody somebody called michael bay because uh what do they make her into they make her into a transformer um unfortunately she doesn't turn into a car she just turns into a big chair uh but yeah Yeah. she uh, yeah she becomes a a super transformer and you know they use her for for the electric so she tries to coach sabrina now because hilda's knocked out she's passed out due to being allergic to uh air um 
And uh, yeah, so, so she coaches Sabrina about where to put these little rubber sticky hook things. And then she gets distracted and she's in that uh, outfit again. And then just as we fit, and again, I'm kind of glad Chris isn't here because I think he, I think he probably would have left anyway uh, where we got to this point in, in the recording. Um, but yeah, just as we guessed slash feared... Uh, it turns out, or, that... or maybe, or maybe, as is my theory, subconsciously knew. I, I don't think it's the. As I say, it's not a good gag, but it's not the most obvious one. I think it's like, incredibly obvious. I, I, yeah, I'm always thinking of. Yeah. Well, it is. It's, I think. I think what you said about he has a specific set of genes. I, well, to be honest, actually, no. Maybe this is the most obvious gag. But if he had a specific set of genes that he wore, that were his size, that he actually wore on his body. And only when he was wearing them could he sense witches. That would make sense of why. It passes him by most of the time. <laughs> I was hoping it was that because that would actually explain retro- retroactively why he's so shit at noticing magic. Yeah, if, if he wears if he wears a pair of jogging pants, he's not really got his witch hunter um, business. But yeah, if he's wearing specific jeans, he has. But instead, it, in in the end, it was it was as as Chris expected. It was going to be a pair of like little action men style pants. But yeah, as you're right though, it is a decent gag because they are well and truly in his mouth. Uh, I guess that's where all your jeans come out of. <laughs> So it's a decent gag, not a good joke. Though I did like put them in the acid wash, because yeah, like jeans, yeah, mm. acid, acid wash jeans. Oh. But yeah, like like, but as well, like yeah, science, yeah, science, science, mm. acid, science, acid, jeans, acid wash, jeans, science, acid. Yeah, it works. I mean, also but, uh, he, he could have done um put put uh, burn them on the flares, you know, because flares, <laughs> science. <laughs> Flares, jeans, jeans, flares, science, acid, Bunsen burner, acid, flares, jeans, science. But yeah, she she just pulls this little pair of Action Man's pants out of her out of Brad's mouth. She puts them in the acid wash, and yeah, then we get a little little bit of magic effect. And uh, Dreamer's there, sort of with buck teeth, just nibbling, um, saying thanks for bringing her back to life. And yeah, with, with like a minute to spare, as, as you know, all all uh, chaotic uh, things go. But yeah, everything's everything's fine. She's, uh, you know, she's only been a mouse for an hour. She's not been institutionalized by becoming a rodent. But uh, it's 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 all kind of fine. With Brad now back to normal, Sabrina feels that she has a second chance at getting to know Brad, and that this time all will be better. Now nah, it just turns out he's still a dick. But hey, at least she can do magic on him now, and she does by pointing him, and he just goes, "My pants," and yeah, that's it. That's all she wants to do. She wants to just pull his pants down. Um, yeah. But yeah, hey, it's, you know, I, will we see Brad? I know Harvey made a point at the end of this episode just saying, because um, he really is my best friend. He really is my best friend because the way Sabrina describes it, you know, the reason that she needed Brad in a house was she just wanted to talk things out with Brad and get him to understand and, you know, that she's here to stay. And uh, yeah, he does affirm that Brad is my best friend. We probably won't see him uh, next season. It's that sort of thing. It's just, yeah. Are we actually going to see Brad for the next few episodes, or is that it? Because I mean, he no longer has this threat level to him. That's it. He's gone, gone for good. I think that's his arc. It's not an arc, is it? <laughs> Say you're building an arch, and you built like the foundation, and then a mile away you built another foundation, but you forgot to build the actual arch linking the two foundations. It's that. Mm. We've we've seen the beginning of this character. We've seen his whole thing resolved. We've seen nothing of that in between. It's uh yeah, it, but I mean I'm I'm kind of I wouldn't say glad it's over. I think it's just something that we're not going to lose sleep over or moan about at the end of every season. Yeah, episode. I, yeah, I I, I I like not seeing Brad and thinking oh they've never done anything with this. It's like <laughs> li- like it or not, like it or not, they've done something with this now. Yeah, it's not it's, great. It's not relevant. It's not really going to have any long term relevance. But it, it's done now. Yeah. One way or the other, it's done. Yeah, yeah. and so, so just, just thankful, you know, we could just look back at him and go, remember that character that they just completely wasted, rather than, is this yeah. going anywhere? We, we've kind of got a bit of a bit of closure, really, I guess, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the credits roll, and Hilda and Zelda are reveling in the peacefulness of the house. The tranquility is, in fact, caused by the fact Salem has been encased in this glass bubble. Um, I failed to mention as well throughout the episode that... Um, we we revisit Salem a couple of times, but he's really just debating on uh, how he's going to eat or kind of what he's going to do. Because Sabrina puts um, puts Dreamer in a in a cage next to Salem, and he's debating whether to expose himself or eat. Um, he also writes in his diary, which is a funny scene. Oh, yes, it, it, um, he, does, he does a little voice. He does a bit, doesn't he? 
He does a bit. He does. He does a bit. It's okay because he's doing a bit, and the bit is I don't know Samuel Peeps. I don't know. He's talking in a posh, tosh, posh voice anyway, mm. and writing in a diary. He debates eating Dreamer. He debates getting a George Foreman grill inside his bubble, which is very two thousand. Yeah, and um, probably very, very paid for as well. <laughs> I think I think a paid advertising spot because um, I, I mean yeah. again very, very of the time, but you didn't actually have to say. Um, hey, I could fit a George Foreman's Mean Green Lean Grilling Machine. Whatever the hell. It oh, oh my god, he actually calls it a Lean Mean Grilling Machine. Yeah, yeah, definitely paid for. He would just say a George Foreman grill if it wasn't. Yeah, paid it for. was. It was a George Foreman's <laughs> Mean Green Grilling Machine. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and if we were watching it on British TV, what that little P would appear in the bottom of the screen, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, they, they revisit him, and uh, you know, they race to inferring that he's dead, but in fact, he's just trying to set the world record for grooving. He says, um, he's armed with what? What's what? This, this is a question I wanted to ask you. Oh, please, because I watched it on Daily Motion, mm-hmm. which occasionally has its advantages. I.e., the licensed music isn't removed. Yeah. However. Occasionally, it's disadvantages, which is everything else, <laughs> i.e., the audio and picture quality being absolute garbage. Um, is he in there with another animal at the end? He is. He's in with a well. You being the the expert in this uh, field, it's oh, either a tortoise or a turtle. It's a, it's one, a one shelled creature. Yes. Well, if it has flippers, it's a turtle. If it has feet, it's a tortoise. I don't know. It had a plate with snacks on it. Well, well, there we go. You know that is the um, the end of our uh, episode of uh, episode eighteen, Dreamer the Mouse. Now, obviously, no, normally what we do, you know, we, we talk about what we thought of the episode. We we already know what we thought, even even without Chris's voice or half of it, we know what he thought of it. He would have raged. He would have just been crying, being throwing up. I think at the thought of these tiny jeans and throwing up with them not even with them clogging up his throat just clogging up his thoughts if you wonder why um, chris is has disappeared he did burst into tears partly through the episode <laughs> he was inconsolable um <laughs> so uh, no i mean i don't think this would have made him better because um I, I was saying to saying uh, to the guys before we started recording that um you know usually we give our first impressions of the episode up front and then we then uh, debate or we get a little um, uh, snappy at each other about the the contracting op- opinions that we have uh, of each other's episode but we thought this one we're not going to re- review this episode we're not going to give it a score uh, because someone has given us a review on our behalf um, this is on IMDB obviously the the best people come together to uh, you know spend time writing articles on See, this place I, the, the paper of record as far as movies and TV are concerned Mm, you know, so you know, if you're wondering whether a film is worth watching, you know, don't look in those, you know, magazines. You know, don't go on the websites. Don't go to actual people. Just go on IMDb, see what some crackpot things. There is one true view on everything, and it can be found in a review posted on like the 14th of June 2002 <laughs> on IMDb. That's the best thing about IMDb that it's. It's eons old. It's as old as the internet, and all this shit is archived going back like twenty years. Hmm. Yeah, and, so and, what... and well, I mean, I want, wanted to read this review and then um, just basically just get whether you you agreed with his thoughts. Um, um, okay. So this IMDb review is from someone called Raven Glam DVD Collector. Uh, they wrote this review in twenty sixteen. Um, well, quite, so quite quite recent by IMDb standards then. Yeah, yeah, they, they've they've got a huge biography, and I'm not going to uh, read all of it because it is atrocious. I definitely recommend looking through it. Um, but just to give you a quick summary, it's a 57 year old who collects original DVDs starring pretty actresses. <laughs> no, I'm not sure if I want you to continue. I quote: "Doesn't matter what film it is. I quote: Just as long as there is considerable drool worthiness." Oh my. So just as long as is, is there are pretty actresses worth right, drooling okay. over. <laughs> so this is the review. It's three little paragraphs, or four rather. So Dreamer is is turned into a mouse, and when the two aunts are there to assist, I was just yelling out, get her one of those wheelie thingies. And yeah, there it was, an idea purloined, that is, stolen from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is more than 10 million times this one's superior. And the only good idea in this episode is stolen. As usual, episode is overcrowded with unlikable, shallow, meaningless, boring characters. And Melissa Joan Hart is one overrated, talentless waste of space. But hell, the target audience is too dumb to be able to discern. 
Up till before this series, I had loads of respect for the innate ability of young little girls to wisely select truly cute stuff. This caused a rethink. The me generation is absolutely our word if this, their beloved show, could last for seven seasons after the dismal failure that ridiculous season three was. Wimpy males, please shoot Nate, please don't, and the shallowest heroine I've ever seen. The cat puppet has more appeal than Melissa, and coming from me, the silver-tongued jackal himself, that is the grossest insult I can level. At the beginning, the show seemed cute, but a witch show quickly degenerates. The lazier the spellcasting go, the more repugnant the characters become. It happened with Charmed as well. This Sabrina could not have gone past season two, but no, it's so beloved. It lasts for more than half a decade, and all is available on DVD, and it seems everyone just loves it. Why? 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 Spells were cast. The answer, MGH is a witch in real life, I guess. Or maybe it's that big goof Caroline Ray might explain how a talentless dumb could land such a big part in a long-running show and be a millionaire a zillion times over, I suppose. The Raven isn't usually so bitter, but I, but I bought into this thing. It looked promising, but gee, people, want to punish a guy? Force him to watch this gay little parade of ridiculous, inf- ineffectual oh. characters. Oh, dear. Well, I mean... Uh, th- not, not my words. The words of, of Raven Glam DVD collector, uh, a 57-year-old who collects original DVDs starring pretty actresses. Well, considering the introduction you gave me to Mr. Raven, I was expecting it to be pervier than it was. Um, but uh, talk of little girls aside, it was not that. But yeah, but yeah, he was was not happy. He was he was he was very 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 bitter. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's safe to say from from his points, uh, there was a little in magic. Um, not much. He didn't find it funny. Wit, low was witty. Um, no creativity and progression. I mean, he was very progressive, uh, but nothing, uh, nothing to do with the actual episode. But nonetheless, we do have to respect our elders. He is fifty-seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I mean, well, that that was that was at the time of writing his profile, so he would be sixty-one now. I mean. I mean, at the, at the rate we record these episodes, we could be nearly that by the time we finish this this uh, season seven. Yeah, so we do respect our elders. We can only go from his say-so. We can only learn from his teachings. So this episode scores zero. One thing you got to think is, you know, we, we, we actually held an accidental AGM um, we did, uh, yeah. this weekend. It's AGM, um, Accidental General Meeting. Yeah, so so we discussed a potential uh, recording schedule for this show for for the rest of this season and next season. Um, we also debated far too long about the appropriate topping for um, crumpets. Is correct way to cook a crumpet? It's cheese. Um, uh, and sadly, we didn't discuss uh, progression, but I don't think we need to now because I think what we need to do is get rid of progression now. We, we've seen the light, or at least I have. So we're going to mark episodes from going forward in magic wit creativity and drool worthiness so um oh, you know please please no please no i will be tendering my resignation from the podcast <laughs> yeah so if you thought if you thought uh, progression was worse yeah well drool worthiness is uh, is is you made us do this you're happy now you said you wanted us to get rid of progression we did <laughs> but, uh, let's see if this next episode is any better um would you like to know what episode 19 is called graham i certainly would it's called Wiki Wild, Wiki Wiki Wild, Wiki Wild, Wiki Wiki Wild Wild Witch. I'm guessing at least seven of those eight wikis aren't actually there. <laughs> In fact, none of the wikis are there. The episode is actually called Wild Wild Witch. Wild Wild Witch. Sabrina is transported to the old west of the other realm, which is still an existing like concurrent thing. Um, and she meets her cowboy cousin and she must help him drive some uh, some magical bandits from from their town um but no in fact episode 19 uh wiki wild wiki wiki wild wiki wild wiki wiki wild wild witch um after being a colossal tosser sabrina is grounded for a week but she decides to magic herself to an old western town become the sheriff and abolish all of their rules is this another realm, old western town, or just an old western town? Is it time it, clock shenanigans? It's, it's time it's another... clock. I've done it again. Is yeah, it that's it. Time uh, travel. Time travel. Time. <laughs> yeah, time travel. Time travel clock shenanigans. Um, yeah, it's it's like another realm, um, old western town. Um, not to be confused with the best western town, um, an old west town. 
Um, I was I was having a look. Just uh, I've not watched the episode, but um, the best the Western water... town is is anywhere shit. <laughs> We're going straight to the wild wild witch. We're going straight to the wild wild witch. Cool. But there we go. That is for our next episode. But as for this one, I do hope you have enjoyed it. Uh, my name has been uh, Phil Dean. Thank you very much. Uh, I've been joined by Graham Riley. You're welcome. Thank you for joining me and Phil and Chris. Um, I'm sure if he was here, he would he would be very grateful for your your, your listening uh, this evening or afternoon or whenever you're watching it or listening to it. And if George Clooney is alive now or not. Still, yeah, still, still, whether he's dead or alive, I still wish him well and uh, yeah. to rest in peace. Whether it is in a grave or in a bed, just just rest. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, and as I said about uh, about Chris, um, he 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 does really appreciate you listening. Um, he just had to disappear for a little bit, and he's he's, he's not coming back. He, who knows? Maybe we'll have fun fact. Chris is dead on our next episode. We'll, you'll just have to uh, to wait and see. Uh, but yeah, if you would like to support our podcast, you very much can. You can head to uh, well, a couple of things to get in contact with us. Why not? Again, if you were born two hundred years ago, tell us what it was like. Um, <laughs> Um, so yeah you can find us on Twitter we are at Sabrina Watch Uh, you can also find us on Facebook we are well simply just Sabrina the Teenage Watch type us in and you may find us after a little bit Uh, you can also leave us a wonderful review where Ever you get your podcasts, give us a five star one why not, knock a star off for Chris not being here it's up to you, just just give us a nice nice bit of feedback Uh, and also let us know drool worthiness, is that a a new way that we should um, review our episodes um, you know, just, yeah, please, please let us know. Um, but the main thing we would like you to do is to be well, wear a mask, love your loved ones f- f- from a distance, obviously, uh, you know, wherever where possible. So w- wear a mask in tribute to George Clooney in ER. Yes, yes. When, so, you, do your, when, you, when you do your cosplay, no, no, no other reason. But above all, above all, may every little thing you do be, be magic. magic.